the end of the 17th century, where the Salem witch trials take place in the New World, America, where things like witches aren't supposed to happen, are they? Oh, I don't know. There's a native <laughs> tradition of um, the traditional American Indian beliefs, Native American beliefs that give rise to voodoo and things mm. like that. I suppose so, yeah. And, of course, imported African beliefs with the slave trade. Yes. And, of course, this is the origin, I suppose, of the witch trials. Uh, the voodoo came from a West Indian slave. Yes, Tichuba Indian, yeah. the, one of the more unfortunate figures to be part of the, the story. Though, interestingly, I think the Salem witch trials, the type of witchcraft that's being discussed, is also very firmly located in a Christian understanding of mm. what witchcraft is and the activities of Satan. And um, the investigators of the trials uh, used a late medieval book, the Malleus Maleficarum, the Hammer of the Witches, which had been written by two German clergymen, uh, very much in a kind of medieval Christian kind mm. of context. Had there been witch trials in Europe? Oh, yes. This? Yes. Mm. In fact, the 17th century is the great century of witch trials. The Salem ones are interesting because, as you say, they're in the New World and also because they take place at the very end of the 17th century and they are almost a sort of last gasp in the real frenzy of mm. European witchcraft. But there's a lot, uh, Scotland, England, the continent, Germany especially, throughout the whole mm. of the 17th century. So they've been dunking and hanging and burning witches for... Ages, really? Yes, yes. <laughs> Tell us the origins of the Salem Witch Trials. I think most people would know it from Arthur Miller's play. The Crucible, the Crucible yes. Yeah. Which, of course, falsifies some of the details. Um, Abigail Williams in, in The Crucible is, um, well, at least adolescent, mid-teens, and uh, she is, in fact, involved in a sexual relationship with John Proctor, one of the men who is later convicted of witchcraft and hanged. Um, the real story starts with accusations made by two quite little girls. Abigail Williams was actually 11 and her cousin Betty Paris was nine. Oh. Um, they lived in the house of the Reverend Samuel Paris, who was Betty's father. He was the minister of the town and the unfortunate Indian woman, Tituba, um, she and her husband John were servants in that household. Um, it depends. If you read modern historians nowadays, uh, the witch trials are seen as being uh, an outbreak of a type of community hysteria, probably motivated by things other than religious concerns. Um, Paul Boyer's wonderful book, Salem Possessed, suggests that there are social changes which are causing convulsions throughout the town. Salem Village was actually attached to Salem Town but it was some kilometres away and it was at that point uh, a quite small and quite peaceful rural community but Salem Town, the neighbouring town, uh, had already gone considerably mercantile and modernised and the Industrial Revolution had well and truly changed its complexion and um, the common sort of sociological explanation nowadays is that uh, whatever motivation the little girls had for making the original accusations, and that I think does remain a mystery, many of the adults of the town who took up the issue with such passion, mm. and I think one of the things we tend to forget is how short a time it actually sort of took. Uh, the accusations began in January, uh, they went till May, from May till um, September, there were trials and executions, mm. but in, it was only eight months, January to September, and then it finished, like it stopped, mm. and it took a couple of years to kind of dampen down. So whatever the little girls' motivations were originally, and they seem also to have participated in a kind of community hysteria, um, the common 
sociological or historical opinion nowadays is that the adults took up the quarrels because it allowed them a kind of means to express angers and frustrations. Mm. About other things yes, going on. Yes, and about people that they considered dubious mm. for various reasons. This is a way of getting to them, yes. getting at them. Those little girls, they would have, of course, heard... I mean, what's your interpretation? They heard stories of, of voodoo from Tichuba. Well, they certainly knew all about it because it wasn't actually just Tichuba. What's very interesting was when the little girls began initially manifesting strange signs which were interpreted as possession, and that includes twitchings and involuntary cryings out and running around, you know, sort of generally um, obviously odd behaviour different to mm. what they were normally. Um, a member of the of the town, uh, Mary Sibley, who was a churchgoer and a perfectly ordinary person, suggested that... Um, a cake ought to be baked uh, and then fed to a dog from the Paris household and if the girls were genuinely bewitched then the dog too would experience convulsions. So this shows that even the good Christians of the town had beliefs that we would consider superstitious or mm. borderline or problematic in terms of witchcraft. Mm. That didn't work, obviously. No, it didn't. In <laughs> fact, it drew down, drew down universal co condemnation, though I think she made the suggestion in good faith. Yeah. There was a lot of finger-pointing. A lot of innocent people uh, went to the gallows, including... Uh, I was reading on the internet site this incredible letter that one of the young women who was accused of being a witch actually wrote to a judge. Uh, it was it was amazing. Uh, for, for, I guess, a fairly inarticulate young woman, uh, not a great you know grasp of literacy it the judge basically ignored it and said no sorry you, you're guilty yes you'll die incredible. it's incredible mm. one of the accused witches who was actually hanged sarah good actually shouted down at one of her accusers from the scaffold i am no more a witch than you are a wizard and if you take away my life god will give you blood to drink mm. um that was actually one of the problems though of course um and this comes through very clearly, I think, in Miller's The Crucible and especially in the, the very moving film of it that was made just recently with Joan Allen as Elizabeth Proctor and Daniel Day-Lewis as John Proctor. If you confessed, you had a chance of clemency. You might right. have been, mm. been... But these people were serious Christians, Puritans, and many of them felt that on their conscience they could not confess. They weren't witches. They had never done anything. These accusations were entirely false. And so 18... No, 19 people died in those nine months because they absolutely refused to capitulate mm. on the issue. You know, when people said, you know, just plead, they said, well, no, we're not. What, what would have happened if they'd said, well, yes, we are witches? I mean, would, have they, would they have been burned anyway at some point down the track? No, actually, quite a number of people who were put on trial did confess and receive clemency. Uh, the only other odd case was Elizabeth Proctor, who was pregnant, and so she wasn't um, executed because the court was reluctant to condemn an innocent life even if the mother's life was a guilty one so um, she got off through that but no other people did oh and one other person uh, a woman called Mary Eastie was actually assisted in running away escaping from mm. prison by family who wanted to to, to be saved mm. interestingly uh, the wash-up of it uh, they, they it took them a while to realize that this was you know, a, a huge error, didn't it? Well, it it's them. difficult. When we say error, we're talking from a much more secular kind of modern perspective. Mm. Samuel Paris, the minister, Betty Paris's father, he was actually persuaded to res resign his ministry, but that didn't happen till um, 1696. So, in fact, it was four years after the witchcraft outbreaks. And the sensibleness and the, and the care with which this 
was kind of worked through was due to a man called Increase Mather, who was a minister in the town of Boston and who was much, much more, um, well, what's the right word, sophisticated, I think, mm. than the Salem villagers. And he was very concerned to, you know, sort of thread very carefully through this evidence and uh, basically didn't want to bring down a verdict that the executions had been an error that would be kind of problematic for the community to to uh, mm. cope with as well but also that ex- he really I think pushed the line that extreme caution was mm. needed in these circumstances and I think Samuel Paris was basically made to resign four years later because it was believed that he had well quite wantonly encouraged the whole hysteria that had consumed the town and failed because he was the minister of course mm. to offer appropriate spiritual yeah. leadership to yes, people in exactly. a time of crisis yeah. and, and to damp it down and say this is ridiculous you know this you, you can't possibly believe these things i think that that failure of leadership was was very apparent you know to anybody who's seen the play oh yeah it's decisive yeah. Mm. really it's what it's what ends That's his career right. in the town and in fact the minister who comes after him green uh, there's very good documentation for salem village and uh, he has a tremendous reputation as a peacemaker and a, and a builder of bridges between all parts of the community mm. john my producer's just writing some things on the screen for me he's been to salem in modern times it's quite a tourist town now apparently <laughs> and he, he's saying that the fellow that was shouted at by sarah good from the gallows did actually die of consumption which is which is very interesting like, when you think it's coughing up <laughs> yeah, blood coughing yes and, and that makes her sound like a prophet and vindicated yes, by god yes it yes. certainly does and uh, he's saying too that the the original witch was not hanged uh, was that Tichaba? That was Tichaba. Yeah, but yeah. released from prison and sold again into, into slavery. slavery. So she, yeah. she never she, she never, never actually was hanged. No. Yeah, fascinating period of our history. Did witch trials ever erupt again after 1692? Um, there have been occasional outbreaks, but nothing like the mm. 17th century hysteria over it. Um, it's interesting, actually, quite a number of um, countries with British-derived legislation still have witchcraft laws on their law books. Though Do we? Uh, I think the only state in Australia that does is Queensland, but I wouldn't want to be quoted on that. I think I could be wrong. but um, You could be right. It has been quoted to me <laughs> as, a, as an exception that still exists. I'll have to check that one out. Dr Carol Cusack, uh, thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Sally. Carol Cusack there from the uh, Department of Religious Studies at the University of Sydney, uh, taking us through the millennium. She'll be back next week. There he is, the great Australian rock poet, Paul Kelly, 16th floor. It's 18 past 10. If you want to catch Paul Kelly uh, on television, you can see a performance by him on Studio 22, which is on ABC TV, uh, on Thursday night at the time of half past 10. So stay up for that. I'll try and put the tape on, I think. Uh, Let's go mapping the millennium. We're going to do so in a moment with Carol Cusack.